0: Imagine, here's the definition, to form a mental image of something, to envision or create something in one's mind that is not present, to believe in something created by one's own mind, to imagine something. I think this is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us, is that as a human being, we don't just have to deal with what's happening right now, we can actually think of something that doesn't exist yet. And we can imagine something and see it. Um, I used to do this all the time. Uh, when I was in high school playing football, I used to get home at school, at school about 2.30, and I'd be all by myself. And I love Boston. Anybody else love Boston? Oh, man, more of you need to. Love Boston. How many of you have never heard of Boston. Okay. All right. Cool. Well. Anyway, I love Boston, and I used to take the uh, my earphones, and I would lay on the couch, and I would put them on my head, and I would red line it, man. I would turn it up uh, all the way to eleven. Right? Isn't that in a? Yeah, yeah. I would line that thing, and I would lay there on the couch, and I would envision. And there were some of the songs in Boston where it just the, the emotion and the drive and this, this, this sense that I picture myself grabbing the opening kickoff and then slow motion, missing all, the, all these guys and running down the side. And then there's this one song in Boston where it comes up and then, you know, and that's when I score the touchdown and everybody goes nuts. And you just, man, that is fun. I, by, by the way, I, I never did that one time. Um, but I imagined it every week. I imagined it every week the imagination it breeds hope when you can see something that isn't present it breeds determination when you can see something in your mind's eye and in your heart it's amazing what will rise up within you to keep going it breeds encouragement it really i think it's what makes us take action to step out, give something a try, because you can see it. And that's what we talk about. We talk about vision all the time. And maybe that's partly why I love what we're going to talk about today, because as a lead pastor, as somebody who gets something going from nothing, if you can't see something, you can't take any steps towards it. So you got to have an imagination. You have to have a vision to be able to move forward. So in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to try to imagine together what your life could look like. And what K2 could look like if all of us were experiencing the 10 things here at K2 that we value. There's some deep-seated things that we value. And what we want to do is say, man, could we imagine together what your life would be like, what my life could be like. And then if all of us were experiencing that, what would this community look like? Because if we can start to have a dream and a vision for what God wants to do in us, then all of a sudden it can breed determination, it can breed hope, it can breed us, it can move something inside of us to take action, to take a step. And then we can actually start to not just think about it, we can actually start to experience it. See, and I know this, I know God has a vision for your life and mine. And I know he has a vision for this church. And so we want to dream about what that could be. And here's what's crazy. A couple of verses in the scripture talk about imagination. 1 Corinthians 2 9 says this No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, when He's talking about here, He's saying, so any human being that just walks the planet. If in your imagination you would start to go You know what? I think that I think that this is what God maybe has planned for me What the Bible tells us is Go ahead, try Try and imagine Come up with the greatest idea that you possibly can And no eye has seen it No ear has heard it Your mind can't even imagine What God has planned for those who love him See, now, as a dreamer, any of other dreamers out there, any of the other guys, you just oh, you just, mm, you know, it drives you nuts because you just see things. See, when I think about all I can see, and then the Bible tells me, Nelson, you can't even imagine what I got planned for you. I'm like, are you kidding me? It see, then I go, what's that? It <laughs> okay, I'm, I will right now. <laughs> all right. But then it goes on to say this, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, uh, this, this scripture, is, it should be up on the screen in case we have it. It's right here, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Because I want to make sure you hear this. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirits within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit, and here's what we're talking about, receiving, right? We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. So you guys, this is, this is when it starts to get exciting. So again, what it's saying is, as a, as a human being, I'm trying this. As a human being, we can imagine, and he's given us that gift, that ability, to, that ability to do that. But God is saying, "You can't figure this out, because just like I can't figure you out, you have to tell me what is true about you. To know what God has planned, we actually need the Spirit of God." to reveal it to us but he's saying but we have we've received the spirit so we can know now here's where it gets even better if you're a follower of Christ today and you're sitting in here and you've received his spirit look at what this says Ephesians 3 chapter chapter 3 verse 20 talking to people who are followers of Christ who have the spirit of God he says now to him meaning God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power which is at work within us. So what this is saying is <clears throat> even as a follower of Christ when you receive Christ now I can imagine now I get to understand and still then he's saying guess what God still can do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. See and this is when it's I start to get really excited now. <laughs> Because I I kind of read the Bible, and I think I see what God wants to do. So then I start to formulate ideas and thoughts. And then he comes and says, and guess what? I can even do more than that, Nelson, than you could imagine. How? According to my power at work within you. Not according to what you can do. According to what I can do inside of you. And so, you guys, that's why we want to do this series. Because we need to start to imagine the life that God has for us to start to get a picture of it. And so today, what we're going to talk about is imagine this. Imagine if we were all receiving. Imagine if we were all receiving. Now, Here's what's crazy to me. A long time ago, I was, uh, I, I was doing a message years ago, and it was something about giving, and so I, I decided to grab the uh, concordance, which is a, a tool in the Bible that helps you to find give, and every time it's mentioned in the Bible. So I open up the, the concordance, and I look at give and to find out how, where's it mentioned all over here in the Bible. And the funniest thing happened to me. I realized over and over and over and over and over again, giving was always talked about when they were talking about God. See, I expected it to open up the Bible and see all these verses about what I'm supposed to give, right? Give, give, give. And guess what? You do become a giver, but you know why? Because over and over and over again, the Bible says your God and my God, the God who created everything, He loves to give, and, and I was just blown away. And then you start going down the list of everything that he wants to give. He goes, I want to give you my life. I want to give you salvation. I want to give you freedom. I want to give you peace that passes understanding. I want to give you joy, my joy, so that your joy can be complete. I want to give you plans for your life. I want to give you... And then at one point Jesus says, listen, you guys are, you guys are dads. He's talking, you guys are, you know, you're earthly and you know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more? will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And then another place that says every good and perfect gift comes from above. And, 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 and here's one of the things that we got to realize. I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, every time we gather together and every time I'm just living my life, every day we have a God up there who's saying, I want to give to you. I want to give, I want to give. Please let me give. Why? Because God is love. And so I look at all those things and I just, I just, now wait a second. Imagine if we were all receiving everything that God wanted to give. Think about it for a second. Imagine your life with peace that passes all understanding. Imagine your life with joy that's absolutely full and complete. Imagine your life free from yourself and now filled with the love of God, which he says, I pour my love into your heart through the Holy Spirit who I give you. So he gives us his spirit. He gives us his presence. Can you imagine with me? And I've just been sitting this week and I just stop and I go, okay, really, God, do you want to do this for me? And do you want to do this for everybody who's going to show up this morning? And according to the Bible, yes, that's the whole point. I love you so much. In fact, I love them so much, the world so much. I'll even give you my son. I will give you my very life. I will give you everything. And I go, man, if we were all actually receiving what God wanted to give us, I, I, I tell you, it would be unbelievable. We would be so overflowing with the goodness of God Then we'd we'd pour all over each other, too. We we wouldn't only receive from God, we'd start receiving from each other. Because we'd have so much, you couldn't help but give it. Oh, dude, this place would rock. This would be an amazing place if we were all receiving from God. John 10.10, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life, and life to the full. See, our value here, one of our values at K2, is the absolute fulfillment of receiving from God. Because Jesus said, I came so you would have life to the full. Okay, then do it, fill me up. In Ephesians chapter 3 and chapter 4, it says that we actually can have the whole measure of the fullness of God. (laughs) The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Another version put it this way. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Can I just ask you, do any of you want that? This is where I just go, if you're a human being, I think you would just go, uh, seriously? I can actually participate in this. I can actually experience this. And here's what's crazy, you guys, is it's already ours. It's already ours. I was sitting there thinking, uh, This just this morning. I was working on this, and, and uh, my kids are running around, and I just thought about that. Like, everything that's mine, you know, I mean, all, my kids are running around our house, totally taking advantage of everything that they worked hard for. <laughs> no. They're running around totally enjoying life of what I'm giving them. What I did. And then they get to the re- th- just bless it. And here's the deal. God has already done everything. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms With what? Every spiritual blessing Now, is it, it, and look at this It does not say praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Who will bless us in the heavenly realms You notice what it says? He has blessed us It's already been done just like I have already accumulated the whatever we have in our home and the stuff to give to my kids, God, through Jesus Christ, has already established I have every spiritual blessing waiting for you right now, and it's yours. It's yours. Do you want the inheritance? It's yours. You can have it. He goes on in verse 17 and says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and And revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. I just want to tell you, I pray this for me. I want to know him better. I want to know really every spiritual blessing that's mine. I want this. I want to know this incomparably great power and the hope to which he's called me and the inheritance that's mine. And I just want to tell you, as as the pastor here as a pastor here at K two, that's why we open our doors every week. That's what we try to do with every dollar we have. Is say, somehow, can we help you to run into the God who loves you enough to do everything so that He could give you all that you need for life so God's a giver so here's my question if God wants to give us all this stuff and my question is that every human being wouldn't mind having those things then why are we not actually receiving it that's my question it's my question for me it's my question for you so here's God going, I give, I give, I give. Here's us going, I want peace. I don't want anxiety anymore. I want courage and strength. I don't want fear anymore. I, I, I want to be able to love people anymore. I don't want to be so selfish anymore. I, I want, I want, I want. And here's going, God going, and I want to give. And we're going, I want, and God going, I want to give. And went, What's the problem? <laughs> Why are we disconnecting here? And I, and I would say I, I want to talk to all of us in here whether you're seeking after him or questioning whether this could be real or whether you've received Christ and you're wondering, then where is it? Where is this life to the full? So we need to pray (laughs) for the eyes of our heart to be enlightened. Um, Because I think God has the answer today. And that's pretty cool to me. Let's pray. God, give it to us today, right here, right now. You did not send your son into this world so that we could continue to struggle with our sin. You sent him in the world to destroy that, to set us free from sin, to give us life and life to the full. And Lord, there's so many of us in here who say, we believe in you, God. And yet our life isn't everything that maybe we feel like it should be. And I just want to say, Lord, if you want to give power and love and peace and grace and mercy and strength and love if you want to give all that I'm asking right now that you would open the eyes of our heart to help us to know how to receive it so that we actually possess it not know about it but actually possess it would you do something that I can't do would you penetrate into our hearts and make this make sense in Jesus name amen alright so here we go here's the, here's the deal to receive we got to believe that's the answer right there to receive, you got to believe. Let's pray. This is crazy. We got to figure this out. Salvation or eternal life. God says salvation, being saved, eternal life, receiving salvation, receiving life. And he says this what is eternal life? It's knowing God. So, actually, receiving an intimate personal relationship with God it says this you are saved by grace through faith not by works so that no man can boast. Okay. So here's the deal. You don't get saved by working really hard. You don't get eternal life by trying to do things for God. You actually receive it as a gift by faith, by believing in, in, in uh, Galatians chapter three, verse two, Paul says, did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? See, so again, he said, now, how did you receive the spirit? How did you actually hit this new life starting with inside you? Did you just go, man, I'm going to follow the law and I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do. Did it happen? No. He goes, what happened? Eventually you believed. And when you believed, you received. That's how it happened. So John chapter one, verse 10 through 13 says this, Jesus Christ was in the world. And though the world was made through him, can we, this verse should be up on the screen, John chapter 1, verse 10. He, Jesus Christ was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Now look at verse 12. Can you put verse 12 back up there just real quick? What's interesting here it says, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name. See, now if you check it out, you see what see what John's saying here? They're one and the same. To those who received him, well, how'd you receive him? You believed in his name. And when you believed, you received. And when that happened, he gave you the right to become a child of God. So to receive, somehow what the Bible tells us is we simply must believe. And so my question is always saying, well, how does this actually work? What does it mean to believe then? In, in, the, in the Greek word, the word is pistis. And so it's, it, every time you open up the Bible and you read, sometimes it'll be translated believe, sometimes it's going to be translated faith. But it's the same thing. And here's what it is. That word means that you actually become convinced of something and you entrust yourself. You become convinced and you entrust yourself. That's what it means to believe. See, for us in our English language, many times we use the word believe very surfacey and very flippantly. We haven't actually become convinced of it to the place where we entrust ourselves to it. We just might, right now, I could say, how many of you believe so many different things? You say, yeah, I believe that. But when it comes right down to it, will you actually entrust yourself to it? But here's what's crazy. We live by faith, you guys. We, we do this all day long, okay? How many of you, when you walked into this place, just sat down on your chair? How many of you did that? Okay. How many of you came up to your chair and went, checked it out, and anybody do that? No. Why? Because you believed. <laughs> You know what I should have done? I should have sawed a leg like half, almost all the way off on somebody's chair so you just have collapsed. Because, no, you, 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 didn't, you had absolute confidence. You believed in this. You were convinced that this chair was good, and you trusted it, and you sat down. We do this all day long when we drive. Do you guys know that we live by faith when we drive? <laughs> all day long. And so I've been thinking about this message, so it's kind of freaking me out all week. Every time I come to a green light, what do I do? i don't even think i fly right through it you know why because i believe and i have faith that on the other side of that thing over here that i can't see it's red right and not only do i believe and have faith that it's red i believe and have faith that that guy coming this direction sees that red light and will stop and we do that all day long you can't see it you believe it you trust it and there you go even And, and the, I used this Ill- illustration about a year ago or so, but I, it's, it fits so perfectly again. I have to do it. How many of you love sushi? Any sushi lovers? Wow, sweet. How many of you hate sushi? Okay, good. How many of you have never tried sushi? Okay, not, wow, not as many of you as I thought. See, I, I never had sushi till I moved to Salt Lake. Is that the craziest thing? You know, the, the sushi capital of the world, I'm sure, here, right here in Salt Lake. Um, but I had never had it because the thought... Of eating raw fish was just wrong There is no way that I'm going to stick raw fish in my mouth I did not believe that that was going to be a good experience And so I wouldn't do it So then we move here and I can't remember why But we went to a Tsunami right down here in Sugar House And had the Don Juan roll Anybody had the Don Juan? You need to go have the Don Juan roll I ate that thing I'm like Okay, I had no idea This sushi could be like this This was awesome well, then, as I'm, you know, I'm getting sushi man now. Then I have a buddy, a Kevin Townsend, who's here. And he said, hey, why don't we meet for lunch? Do you like sushi? I'm like, sure. And so we get there. And, you know, he's like sushi guy, really like sushi guy. So he says, hey, you want to try something different? And I'm like, sure, why not? And he goes, uh, how about eel? Okay, the only eel I've seen, they, <laughs> right? And they, they're long and slimy. And I'm thinking, I'm going to stick that in my mouth? And I remember, finally, I just said, okay, you know what, uh, Kevin? Let's go for it. So they pull out this eel, and I'll never forget this experience, because everything in my head was going, this is going to be the absolute worst experience of my life. And I stuck it in my mouth, and my tongue was going, this is awesome. (laughs) And I couldn't believe it. I mean, seriously, it was so good. Now, what had to take place in that moment? You know what I had to do? I had to trust Kevin, right? I trusted this guy. Now, I, you know what I could have done? I could have studied all about eel. I could have. I could have seen now how many people died from eating eel. Or at least gagged really bad and threw up after they ate eel. You know? I, could have, I could have got all the stats, got all the information, figured it all out. And then known everything about eating eel. And still not chosen to believe it. And eat it. See, when you believe something, you actually get convinced of it to the point where you take a step and then after you do it you engage with it and you go now I know that eel rocks (laughs) see with God eternal life is knowing God not just knowing about him not just studying things about him. See, faith is coming up to the intersection, and when you get up to the intersection, you got to believe it's green and you got to go through. I made it. Faith is taking that slimy thing and sticking it in your mouth and going, this is good. Faith is taking God at his word and entrusting him to the point where you'll actually receive him. And this is what hit me. Faith is a choice. It's a choice. I, at some point, had to believe and trust an eel, And I, at some point, had to believe and trust that that light is red on the other side and I can go through. Now, I can tell you, anybody ever been broadsided because you trusted that? I have right out here right at the 13th east exit, man. Sitting there at a red light, waiting, waiting, turns green. Bam! You know what happened after that? (laughs) Anybody been in a car accident like that? Next thing you know, I'm at the red light. Next time I'm like... I mean, okay. You know, I'm coming up on things. I I, I was so hesitant because I started to not actually believe it anymore. See, because with God, when we're hesitant about what he has to say, then we'll whoa, 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 whoa. we'll slow down. When things don't go right, we'll, we'll, we'll start to question. But when you actually believe, you entrust yourself, it leads you to actually take an action and you're, you experience the reality. And then you guys, see, this is it. How do you receive? The Bible says over and over and over again, you receive it when you believe, when you entrust yourself to it. And until you do that, until you go through the intersection, put it in your mouth, sit on the chair, that's when you know it. That's when you receive it. Now, C.S. Lewis, he, he, he gave a, a really a great example in the book, Mere Christianity, because lots of times what we'll do is we'll say, well, you know what, what's more important then? Is it, is it, is it to believe? Like, is it to know it? Or is it to really take action and to step out in it? This is a big theological argument. Is it faith or is it works? Is it, what is it? And he said, you know what? That's like saying, which blade of a pair of scissors is more important? <laughs> Isn't that great? Which blade of a pair of scissors is more important? So I, I got these little shears here. You, you know, you have two of these. And one of these, like if I just had this arm with this blade on it right here, there's a part where you have to go, okay, what is true? What is God saying about himself? What was Kevin telling me about sushi? What can I know about this thing? See, there is a point where you have to come in here and you have to go, I actually, okay, I've reasoned, I can believe that. But then, this other side here is when you actually take the step. You actually have to entrust yourself to it. Not just intellectually do this, which you do, but then with your heart, you eventually got to make the choice to say, I'm going to go for it. And you guys, when those two things come together, wham! all of a sudden it's like, this is real. People ask me all the time, how do you know this is real? And if you're a follower of Christ, you just go, it just is. Because I'm taking God at his word and I've stepped out and I've trusted him. And every time I step out and trust him, he shows up. And this stuff actually starts to make sense in my life. So why so many of us, don't re, um, why many of us have received Christ. This is why many of us have received Christ. And yet we don't experience the fullness of the life that he gives us. Because what Jesus said, when somebody said, hey, Jesus, what's the work I got to do? You know, Jesus said again, he goes, the work of God is to believe. We walk by what? By faith. We walk by believing and faith is being certain of what you hope for and, or, or ensure of what you can't see. I can't see the red light, but I go through it anyway. And as I go through it and it works, it gives me confidence and it's real. So Colossians 2.6 says this, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. How did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? You took his statements. You took what the Bible has revealed to be true. They took all that. And eventually there was a point where you said, you know what? I'm going to put my trust and my faith. I'm going to believe that Jesus is who he said he was. And I'm going to offer you my life. I'm going to trust you to forgive me. I'm going to trust you to come into me. And I'm going to trust you by following you now every day of my life. And when that happened, if you're a follower of Christ in here, you know when that happened, everything changed. And then he says, and just as you did that, continue to live that way. Because here's what's great, you guys. God's going to keep wanting to give you stuff. When you got saved, that wasn't the end. That was the beginning. (laughs) So here we go. Let me just give you some examples. I just want to go through some stuff in my life. Okay, so... You you fall into sin like really really bad, okay? I mean it's like it's bad, and you are now like really really ashamed, and you just know there's no way, there's no way God could love me. How could He love me? Some, I, I you know keep failing, I keep falling, I keep screwing up. You know, and and then just so I'll give you my inside scoop. See, so when you're a pastor, right, and you're supposed to have your act together and you fall face first in the mud, I mean, it's even double duty. Bam, you suck. You, oh, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have been doing this. You should, that's what's in my head, so I might as well tell you, loser. You know, it's just, I get all this stuff in my head. And here's, I'm telling you, here's where you guys go right now. Some of you are there right now. You're buying the lie that because you slipped and fell into sin, that God doesn't love you anymore, that you're not worth it, and you are, because of that, you're laying in it. You're just laying in it. What do you got to do? You know what you have to do? You have to fight the fight to believe what is true. And I have sat in there and I just said, I'm seriously, I'm beating myself up. I feel like a loser. I know I can. And then I have to go, wait a second, Nelson, what's true? The Bible says that all of my sin was in his body when he was on that cross. That every single one of my sins was paid for and it's finished and it's done. And if I'll confess my sin before him, he is faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me, that I have an advocate of the Father. I write this so you won't sin, but if you do sin, you have one who speaks in your defense. Nelson, take advantage of that. <laughs> and then you know what happens? I remember what is true. I remember what is true. And I believe it and then on the other side, I go, and you know what? I trust you. I believe, Jesus, that when you were here as the Savior of the world, that you died for all my sin. And I receive your forgiveness. And you know what happens when I do that? Wham! Guilt's gone. Condemnation's gone. Shame is gone. And I get up and I go... You know what? You spiritual enemy of mine, stuff just went through my head, I won't say in front of you. I just want to say, you know, you could say, go to hell. You could say that to him. I'm forgiven in Christ and I'm getting up and I'm going back to God. But you got to believe that and some of you don't believe it right now. You're laying around in your sin because you don't think God really loves you and you don't actually believe that when Jesus died for you, he died for all of it and you got to believe it. All right, then, another example. So here I am out in California. It's kind of heavy. Uh, here I am out in California, working on my master's degree, and I've shared the story. And I get out there, and, and the next thing you know, my whole life gets stripped of everything. Everything. I've been on a staff at an amazing church, seeing God do amazing stuff. And all of a sudden I'm out there and I don't know anybody. I have like two friends. I'm not leading. I'm not speaking. I'm not teaching. I'm not doing anything of what I've done most of my life. And I'm sitting there and it was an unbelievably empty and dark time. Anybody been in an empty and dark time with God? Okay. So what do you do when you're in an empty, dark time where you cry out to God and it feels like he doesn't give a rip about you? Man, I remember, I just, I am so desperate for him. And you know what you start to believe? At least I do. Do you know, you don't really love me. I thought God loved me. See, and if God loves me, then like my life's gonna be like great all the time. He's gonna gonna make everything smooth and he's gonna take care of everything and he's gonna use me, right? Because that's what it's about. And I've, I've lived a fruitful for life for God. How come he doesn't want to do that anymore? What have I done wrong, God? Why don't you love me anymore? And, and I've shared this before. I was prostrate on my floor in my apartment building, just almost done. And that's when I felt like God whispered to me and said, hey, Dave, Dave, you could be all pro. I'm a sports guy, sorry. You could be all pro. But we got a long way to go. I believe in you. I love you. And that's why I'm doing this. See, what I didn't know at that point in my Christian walk is there's a bunch of scripture in here. This is why you got to know what it says that tells you over and over again that if the father loves you, then he's going to discipline you. Every kid goes under discipline and it's never pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained up under it. If you, when a seed goes down and the tree grows up and fruit is planted on the, if it's a fruit bearing tree in John 15, he says, what happens to every tree that bears fruit? He takes one of these guys and, and wax it all off. <laughs> Why? Because if you've ever had an apple tree, you know, if you really want it to be fruitful, you have to prune it. See, so what you got to do. So here I am laying on the floor and I got a chance right now. What am I going to believe? See, the fight is faith. And I had to believe it. And in that moment, I remember saying, okay, God, if you actually love me, and if you're doing this so that I can be more of who you actually created me to be, so my life can be more fruitful for the people you want me to reach, I laid on the floor right there, and I said, then do it. And I entrusted my life to him, and I believed in him. And then the strength came and the endurance to keep going when I had to give Mariah surgery, when we had to take Mariah for surgery, I could not get peace. Anybody in here ever not be able to get to peace in your life? So I can't get to peace. I'm teaching, you know, just don't be anxious about anything, but in everything present your prayer and request to God and, you know, then the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. See, I can tell you that verse. I could tell myself that verse and there was no peace. Christians, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, wait. I thought you'd give me peace. I'm praying. Where is it? I'm asking. It's not coming. So one day I'm sitting in my red chair and I just, again, I'm like, God, where, where are you? And then sweet, the spirit inside me just gently whispers to my soul and says, hey, Dave, you don't trust me. And I just sat there and I'm like, you're right, I don't. Are oh, you're right. I trust you with my life, but I don't trust you with Mariah's. It's really hard as a parent to trust God with your kids. And when I finally realized I don't trust you, then I went to the truth again. I had to go back to the truth and go, what's true? God created Mariah. He loves her more than I do. She actually belongs to him way more than she belongs to me. And I went through the whole process of what is true. And then once I got to what is true, I said, God, please forgive me for not trusting you. And then I'll never forget about three hours later, I had a meeting right up in my office and someone came and they said, so hey, Dave, how are you feeling about the surgery coming up? And I'm like, it's gone. The anxiety that was my partner every second of every day was gone, and the peace that passes understanding was there. Why? Because I believed. I went through the tr- what is true, and I entrusted him with it, with my mom's cancer. You have, I be- what do I believe? You have all power, and you can do anything. What else do I believe? That you're good and you love my mom. Okay? Well, then do it! Come on! What else do I believe? As I was on my knees, I believe that God can see what I can't see and that we're actually created for eternity, that all of us are going home at some point. And I remember finally, I just had to come in a place of faith and just go, you know what, God, I trust you. I believe you're good. I believe you can do anything. And I believe you know what I don't know. And in that moment, I believed and I put my faith in and peace came. I could go on and on, you guys, but this is the deal. So why we don't have peace or why we don't have joy or why don't we don't have direction for our life or why are we still selfish? Why are we not getting this? I can tell you, it will always go back to there's something that you're not believing that's true that God has revealed to us. And what you need is to do is wrestle with what he has said is true and then you have to come to a place. And you know what? Sometimes I love the guy who came to Jesus and he said, I believe, help my unbelief. It's one of the greatest verses in all the Bible to me because it helps me to know when I can't believe that I can actually ask God to help my unbelief because I really do want to. God, please help me figure out why am I struggling with this? In fact, one of the things that can happen, you guys, and this is really important because you can put your faith in God. You can finally come to a place where you go, you know what? This makes sense. And reason and faith come together. You believe this and you put your faith in him. And then you know what happens? Then life gets hard and things don't go the way you expect them to go. Every, here's another one. And then everybody around you doesn't believe it and they think you're kind of wacky for believing it. That feels good. And then you want something where it really would be a whole lot more convenient to not be a Christian. <laughs> See, what happens is, you guys, is our moods our emotions sometimes rock, oh, God rocks. And then other mornings we wake up and you go, I don't even think there is a God. And you, you feel up and you go down. And your desire, sometimes I desire God. Other times, I, man, I desire stuff that has nothing to do with God at all. And what we do is we, we, we go with these, we, these emotions and these moods and these desires. And sometimes, you guys, you will find your soul freaking out. What do you do? What do you do? How do you still believe when you don't feel it? How do you still believe when it seems like everything around you is against it? It's going to get worse, you know. How do you believe when your own flesh doesn't want to believe? I love it in Psalm 42, verse 5 and 6, David David. <laughs> David says this, he says uh, in verse 5, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why I, so basically, you know what David's doing here? He's talking to himself. Anybody ever talk to yourself? It's okay. It's in the scripture right here. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. I I can't even begin to tell you because it's countless how many times walking with Christ takes faith I certainly don't feel like it a lot of times and I question it and it's hard and his ways are not my ways So how do I receive everything that he has for me? How do I get it? We got to fight. So there's just two things, application as we go. First one is this, is we have to know him through his word to us. You guys, it's critical that we base our faith on who he is. You can only put your, the amount of faith you can actually put in God, you can put only into the amount of knowledge you actually have about God. Okay? Because otherwise, you're putting your faith into things you think about God. And that'd be like putting your faith in another person. Well, I think I thought he was this way. <laughs> well, it may, maybe it'd have been good to find out who he said he was and watch his life, and then you would have known what to put your faith in with that person. The same thing's true about God. So the more you get to know Him here, the more faith you can put in Him. So we've got to be in His word, you guys. This is—I'm telling you—every time I fight to receive what God has for me, I always have to go back to what does He say is true. What has He done? In my life, in the lives of you that I've seen, in the lives of the people in Scripture, and in his declaration to me. We've got to get in here. That is one of the arms of this, of this right here. For faith to actually, to re, for receiving to happen, you've got to make sure you're clinging to what he says. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. We thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, But as it actually is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. (laughs) I I don't know how else to do it, except at some point you just go. All of us have to go, am I going to believe this and trust this? And when you actually receive it, as it actually is, the word of God. Then it starts to be, what's it say? Then it starts to do its work in you who believed. There it is again. You believe and you receive. And here's the last thing. You guys, he says so many times, you don't you just don't have it because you don't ask. Come. Come to me. What do you need? What do you need? What do you want? I give good gifts to my kids. Look at this verse in Hebrews 4. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who's gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. And here it is. Let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. See, there it is again. You got to hold firmly to what he says is true, to what you believe. And then he says, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, that we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You guys, I, I cling to this verse all the time. And I claim it. Because he tells me I can come to him with confidence because of what Jesus has done. And that when I have a need for direction or wisdom or strength or hope or peace or joy or love for my spouse or my family or you, that I can go to him and I can receive mercy and find grace to help me. You guys, we could receive. Band, why don't you guys come on up? We could receive everything that God has for us. And the way you're going to receive it is not by doing a bunch of religious things, not by doing good things that God wants you to do. It's going to be by every time you have a chance and an opportunity, you're going to actually see, well, what does God say? What is true? And you're going to trust him. And when you put your trust in him, You will go through the green light. (laughs) You will actually put the eel in your mouth, and you'll know God because you'll receive what He has for you. Mike's going to lead us in worship, you guys. And these songs, we chose these specifically to help you and I to believe one thing about our God, and that is He loves you. See, if you don't believe that God loves you, you're stuck right there. We have got to come to this place where we believe that he's good, that he has our best interests in mind, that he loves us, and that he is great and powerful. And this is we just wanted to give you a chance here today just to go, you know what, I'm going to believe this, man. I, mm, I want to experience it. I want to know it. I want to receive it. And if there's anything in your heart here today that you're questioning, you're doubting, you're wondering, you're, just, you're not getting it, I just pray that while you worship here right now, that you just be able to just say, okay, God, this is true. You love me and you're great. And I want to trust you again with this deal. And you know what? And I just want to say, too see, it all starts, the spiritual journey starts with making a choice to go through the green light, of making a choice to eat the eel and it's to make a choice to say you know what there's enough evidence for me to believe that throughout the history of the last 2,000 years that Jesus Christ really is the son of God and he he really does actually love me and I actually do need him I need to be forgiven so I can get back into right relationship with God and I'm going to trust that Jesus did that for me Man, if you can confess that and trust that and say, I'm in, man, then he says, if anyone believes, if anyone receives, you'll be born of God. And I tell you, man, at K2 the church, imagine if every one of us was receiving all that God has for us. I got one life. And I want it all. I want life to the full. And I want to do it with you.